So I want to begin this morning with a reminder. Because we forget. The older I get, the more it seems that I forget. But I was realizing this morning, it's because I know more. Right? The longer I go, right Marie, the longer you go, right Wanda, the longer you go, the more you know. So the more you have to forget, so we should actually be excited that there's so much that we've forgotten. You kids haven't forgotten anything, that's because you know, you know very little. All right? Am I, am I true? Am I right? I'm right. Okay, thank you for your... Amen. But I want... But I want to remind you that what we've been studying, what we've been considering in Romans 12, this is not written to you. It's written to us. This passage, this chapter, is not about your life. It's about our shared life together. And we need to remember that. We need to reset our minds as we come together and as we receive this word. Because honestly, we spend almost every waking moment thinking about who? About me. This is about us. And so let's think according to us, to our family, to living stones, piedras vivas. And remember that together uh, we are offering our life as a shared sacrifice that is holy and pleasing. That's what Paul has told us. Our life together as a family is a sacrifice. We come together and share our life to worship God. That's His good and pleasing will for us is to share our lives together and in and through our life to worship Him. And remember, we're connected together. We share this life because you have needs. Because I have needs. We all need the gospel. And we also have a need for one another. And those needs, they brought us into this relationship together, this shared life that's full of relationships, one with another, dependent with God and interdependent with each other. That's how we're connected. In relationship. Because of our needs. As a part of this family that has been formed through the gospel. We all have needs. But we are all needed. Now I want to ask you. 
That's the reminder, the reminder's over, okay? New information. What do you think is the most prominent, uh, the greatest characteristic, the greatest virtue of these relationships that we have with one another in this shared life. What what would describe that? What is most important in these relationships that we have with one another as we share life together? Love. Any other competition? God. This love we have through God. Any other competition? Any other suggestions? Love. Love requires relationships. Love only happens in relationships. You cannot love alone. You can't do love as an individual. It requires others. It requires relationships. And God has put us together in this shared life connected through relationships that should be described as, it should demonstrate, that should live out love. We can't make a holy and pleasing sacrifice to God without love. We can't worship together as a shared body, as a life together without love. We can't follow God's good and perfect will for us without love. We have to have love in our relationships. Love should be what's prominent in our relationships with God and our relationship with one another. And so I think it's important that we would actually stop and and seek to consider and and understand and live out this love in our shared life together. If we can't worship God, if we can't follow His will, if we can't make a sacrifice without love, then we need to understand love. Amen? And I could ask you, well, what is love? And there would probably be multiple different responses. We could ask in our culture, what is love? We could ask even in the church culture, what is love? And we would get all these different responses, all these different ideas about love. What Paul shares with us here. And we need to listen. We need to hear and we need to respond. And consider our relationships with one another. I want to read Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through the beginning of verse 10. In English it says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Our love, our relationships must be sincere. 
They should be transparent. Our relationships with one another, what this is saying, is they should be without hypocrisy. There should not be pretending amongst us that we, with each other, would not be pretending that we are something or someone that we're not. Our relationships should be defined by sincerity. We shouldn't be hiding from one another. But we are skilled. I am skilled. You are skilled at hiding. We hide so much of ourselves, so much of our lives from one another. And yet, Paul is telling us here, your lives, this life together, should be without hypocrisy, without hiding. It should be sincere. It should be transparent. Don't act like you're something you're not. Let's be real with one another. As we went through the pandemic, as we didn't meet for a while, and then as we met online, I know there were concerns. I miss. What I miss is, is being together. and I miss singing together. I miss hearing a sermon together. But I would tell you, what we missed the most was our sincerity, our transparency with one another. It's difficult to be transparent. It's difficult to be sincere when we're separated. Because we can hide. We can hide our lives online. We can hide our lives if we interact with texts. We can even hide our lives as we come together and sit in the same room on a Sunday morning. We can hide. You can hide. I can hide. I know. Because I've hidden. Right here amongst us, in plain sight, I've hidden parts of my life. I've hidden from you. But who during the pandemic could you not hide from? We could hide from each other. But who could you not hide from? Couldn't hide from Jesus. Let's think horizontal. Who could you not hide from? Yourselves. That's internal. Let's still think horizontal. Who could you not hide from? What's that? Whoever was in your home. Whoever you lived with, whoever you shared a life with, right? You couldn't hide from them. The pandemic came, we were all isolated, but you could not hide from those that you lived with. You shared space. You continued to share your experiences. You shared your germs. You shared your sickness. You shared your meals. You shared waking up together, going to sleep together, getting ready together. You share everything with those that you live with. You can't hide. 
I can't hide from my wife. I try. She always finds me. Always. For 22 years. I can resist. But ultimately it comes to life. I've realized that I can hide from people I don't spend time with. From people I don't share experiences with. If I'm not regularly with you, if I'm not regularly sharing with you, I can hide from you. And just being honest, I probably have. And if our lives are not connected consistently, if our lives, if our shared life, if we don't interact regularly, if we don't share space, if we don't share time together, if we don't share experiences together, then we can continue to hide from one another. We can continue to be not sincere. But Paul tells us we are to be sincere. I've experienced this in the last few weeks. Cosa and I have been trying to meet together again. We sit down together. We usually need coffee, regardless of the time of day. And we just share with each other. The first time we met, there were some things that I could hide. But then we meet again. I've already shared all this. Now, what else do I have to share? What else? What else? Can I share with him? And so I share more. There's, there's less I can hide. I spend more time with him. There's less I can hide. We continue to have a conversation. We continue to share about our lives. The more time we spend together, sitting at that table, drinking coffee, sharing about our lives and about what God is doing in our lives, the less and the less and the less I can hide. And the more and the more and the more sincere, the more transparent our relationship becomes. Now we might study some of God's Word. We might consider other things, but it is important and it is required, needed for us actually just to sit and share about our lives for them to become more sincere. I can't continue and continue to pretend as I continue and continue to share life with them. I want to ask you if you're hiding from others in this body. 
Are you hiding in your relationships? Are you avoiding being transparent with each other? Or do we continue to look for ways to limit our interaction? Are you pretending? Or are you intentionally spending regular time experiences with others in this body? So that you can't pretend. You can't continue to pretend to be something you're not. If we're not connected, if we are not together, if we do not interact, we won't become sincere. We have to be intentional about that for our relationships to be sincere. But I want to warn you, as you spend more time, as you share, as you pretend less, and you become more honest, more sincere, more transparent, then there's going to be issues. The transparency will demonstrate the reality of your life. It'll demonstrate and show and confirm both what's good and what's not. But Paul tells us, as you continue in verse 9, to hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Because as you're transparent, it will become obvious that there is both in you. There is both amongst us. There's both good and evil. There's both things that are good and things that are wrong. Both things that, uh, that God is doing in us and things that God needs to change. If we're transparent, then those things are going to be demonstrated. And as that is demonstrated, we cannot be passive. If you look at this, it's saying, hate, hate, abhor what is evil, move away from what is evil, and actually cling to what is good. Okay? There's a direction that we're moving. We're not passive in the middle, just accepting that this is the way we are, and God will not change us and does not have the power to change us. But I'm going to be sincere, I'm going to be transparent as we spend time together. My stuff. Good and bad is going to come out. And we together, in our shared life together, are supposed to move away from and cling to what is good. You guys see that? There's movement there. There's intentionality for our relationships to be moving and growing in the direction of goodness. And this is not goodness 
as defined by the world. I would tell you, be careful. This is not even goodness as defined by the church culture. This is not goodness as defined by our common sense. This is goodness, right, according to the kingdom of God. According to this kingdom that has come and that is coming and that God has brought us into. We're moving towards the goodness of the kingdom. We pursue this goodness in our shared lives. It's not passive, it's active. But what do you think is going to happen as we share with one another, we become transparent, we start to realize that there's both good and bad in us and we're trying to pursue, we're trying to move from what is evil towards this goodness of the kingdom. What's going to happen? There's going to be conflict. There's going to be conflict in our relationships. We cannot be transparent, be real, realize that there's both good and evil and be moving towards goodness without conflicts amongst us. We're going to, there's going to be confrontation as we share lives together. If my life is all out, there's going to be things that need to be confronted. Ask yourself, is there nothing in your life right now that needs to be confronted? Of course there is. You're not finished. We're not perfect. We all have issues. Right? How do we have this relationship with God and this relationship with each other? How? Because we have needs. We need the gospel. We need one another. You have issues. I have issues. Turn to your left or right, to your neighbor, to your brother or sister, and say, you have issues. Tell them like you believe it. Okay, now turn back to the person who just told you that and say, you have issues too. Does anyone disagree with either of those statements? You have issues? And you know they have issues? So we have no issue with us having issues, right? We've we got to believe that. That's what Paul is telling us. And our issues are going to come out. And our issues are going to need to be confronted. If we are going to be transformed. Healthy, beneficial relationships that result in transformation must Include confrontation. Let me say that again. Healthy, beneficial relationships that result in change, that result in transformation, will absolutely include confrontation.
I'm doing a wedding in September. For a couple of days. Nidia met through an exercise program at Lanark. We've done premarital counseling with them and they've asked me to officiate their wedding. And as I was thinking about that, if there's a, a relationship that demonstrates right, a shared life, it's through marriage. Right? This marriage begins and starts this family unit where we have these relationships with husband and wife, with, uh, with, with, with parent and child, with siblings, with each other. There's this family that is established. And God wants to use that relationship to transform us. So the first question that we ask is tell me about your most recent argument. And, the, and they, they kind of look like this is how we're going to start. We're going to start talking about arguments. And I tell them, and Nita tells them, like, our purpose as we sit down with you in preparation to share a life together is to teach you how to fight well. Not how to win, but how to fight well. If you're going to share a life together, you have to know and you have to practice fighting well because there's going to be conflict and so I say so, so, so walk us through walk us through your most recent argument and I've had people say well <laughs> and they're, they're holding hands and they're, they're, so, they're sitting right next to each other you know or, or Nina and I have already you know we're just okay let's, let's talk we're, there's a little distance between Nina and I and, and you know and they're like this really close to each other Tell me, tell me about your most recent argument. Oh, we, we don't argue. I said, no, it's okay. You can tell us. Like, it's just the four of us here. You can talk about it. Like, well, tell us about your most recent argument. We don't fight. We're in love. And my thought is, and what I tell them is, like, you don't have a real relationship. <laughs> then they say sometimes, well, we do fight. Or we have the same fight over and over and over and over again. The same argument. And I would say with either of those responses, they have issues. There's no growth. If you have the same argument over and over and over again, is anything being changed in you or transformed in you? The same argument, the same issue, the same argument, the same issue. Is anything being changed as you share this life together? It doesn't sound like it. And if you never argue, if you never have any confrontation, is anything ever changed in you? Is anything ever transformed if there's no confrontation? 
¿Cómo puede tener transformación si no hay conflicto? We need to learn to fight well. If we are going to share a life together, we need to learn to confront each other well. Not to win, but to caringly confront. Because I've got issues, and you've got issues too. And confrontation is needed for transformation. We have to accept. We have to admit. And share our lives together by sometimes confronting each other. We won't grow if we don't. And we have to learn to do that well. We can't do it because I'm irritated with you. We can't do it because I want to fix you. We can't do it because I want to prove myself right or prove myself better. But we have to do it because we have hope for one another. We have hope that God is and that God will continue to transform us. I have hope for you and you have hope for me because we share in this relationship with God and with each other through and for the gospel. If we don't believe the gospel, then we would not share those things. We would not be transparent and we would never confront each other. But if we believe the gospel can transform our lives, our life together, then we would be willing to share. Do you want to grow in goodness? If you want to grow in goodness, raise your hand. Is there someone here, Nita? <laughs> Anybody you don't want to grow in goodness? Okay, hands down. But are you willing to grow in goodness? It's a very different question. I can want to grow in goodness. But am I willing to participate in our shared life together so that we can grow in goodness? We may want it, but are we willing? We may agree with that. Oh, yes, that's good for us to grow in goodness, but we're not willing to do the work. We're not willing to be humble. We're not willing to be transparent. We're not willing to share time and experiences with each other. I would rather hide and avoid that. Avoid you. Avoid the work. Avoid the conflict. And act like I'm someone or something that I'm not. Who is this to? 
This is to us. A todos For us. A to consider. Para I want you to consider. I want you to think about what God is saying to us. About what is included in these loving relationships as we share life, as we offer our life together as a holy and pleasing sacrifice to God. It's not easy. It's a sacrifice. It's not what's natural. It's supernatural. The living stones, piedras vivas, as we share our life together, we live it out through our relationships that don't pretend but are transparent. The relationships that don't just passively approve of one another, but caringly and courageously confront one another for our growth for our transformation as I prepared this and even more so now as I speak this this sounds impossible let me just be transparent. I know my own heart. I know my own issues. I know how I prefer to hide. It's hard for me to believe. It's hard for me to believe I can do this with my wife. It's hard for me to believe I can do this with my family and my home. And it's even harder for me to believe that I can do this with you. If I wanted to be successful, I would choose others that were just like me. I would choose others that were going through what I was going through, that were in my life state so they could understand at least if I'm going to share my issues. I wouldn't choose to be with you. We're different. We have different lives. We have different experiences. We have different issues. Why would we, being so different, gather together to be transparent? Gather together and share our life together. It seems like a terrible idea. But look around at each other. Look at each other. This is for us. Not for you, for us. Look. Look at each other. Look at who you're gathered with. This is who this is for. This is for us and for our shared life together. And Paul tells us, be devoted to one another in love. The beginning of verse 10. Be devoted to one another in love. Share with each other. Be transparent with each other. 
There's going to be confrontation with each other as we pursue the goodness of the kingdom. And as you do this, be devoted to one another in love. As you look around, those are the individuals, those are the lives, those are the relationships that you are to be devoted to in love. That's what God's Word says. That's what Paul's Word to us is describing. And we have to believe. We have to have faith that God's Word is true. We have to trust even when this doesn't make sense to us. We have to believe that we know and we have the kind of love that makes this shared life possible. We can have relationships that are defined by love because we have, we know, we have experienced the kind of love that makes it possible. Let me share with you from a deep place of wisdom. A pop love song. This is a song that I admit would play in our van as we were all together. And at the time, Eva, my foster daughter, would perk up, sit up, and sing. And so we played it over and over. She knew it. She enjoyed it. She would sing it. So we would play it. And as I'm thinking, and I realize that what Paul is talking about, this type of relationship, defined by love, that's what everyone desires. That we could actually be real with someone and someone would accept us and continue with us and walk with us. That they, they would at times confront us, not judge us, but, but, but encourage us and confront us and that we wouldn't stay the same. And that we could have a relationship that was so deep, that was so committed, that was so connected on something beyond my self-esteem and my ego that we would experience transformation that I could be a new person and you could be a new person and that we could be better together. The song says because I got issues but you got them too. So give them all to me and I'll give mine to you. Bask in the glory of all of our problems. Why? Because we got the kind of love it takes to solve them. That's deep. That's, that's straight. That's the, theological. That's biblical. 
That's the desire of our hearts. You've got issues, right? I've got them too. But I'm going to share my issues with you. You're going to share your issues with me. And we're going to, it says, bask in the glory and the, 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 the wonder of all of our problems. Why? Because we have a love that will solve them. We're not going to be the same. We're not going to stay here in our problems. We have issues, but we can be changed. Our relationship, our love that we have and share can change us, can transform us. The love of Jesus. Can transform us. That we should bask in all the glory of our problems. Because we have the love. We have the love of Jesus Christ. We have the love of the gospel. That can solve them. We have a supernatural. sibling love a family love that we have for each other because of Jesus' love for us. Do you guys realize that it would bring God glory? Right? It would be a sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. It would be our true and right worship. It is God's will that we share this life together in those relationships in that way. If we are transparent and real about our problems, God will receive glory as we share our life together with our problems as He changes us, as He transforms us, as we love Him more, and as we learn to love each other, right? Jesus told His disciples, they'll know who I am by how you love me. He will receive glory if we would actually just live from the love that we've received through Him in our relationships with one another. But we've got to get over ourselves. We have to be sincere, transparent, we have to stop hiding, and we have to be willing to caringly confront and be confronted. He's brought us together to worship Him together through our life together. May we be devoted in love to one another. Amen? May we be willing to consider that and actually put that in practice. If we don't, we don't believe God's Word. If we don't, we don't believe the power of the Gospel. It's that simple. And I want us, I want living songs to make a sacrifice that is holy and pleasing. 
And I want to commit to you to be transparent. I want to commit to you to stop hiding. I want to commit to you to stop thinking about myself before I consider us. I have got issues. And you've got them too. Amen.